This podcast is made for people like you. Thank you for being there. Welcome to the GMS Magazine podcast, episode 435, a podcast about the people who make and the people who play tabletop board games and role-playing games. In this episode, I am joined by Gary Harper and David Coulter from the RP Haven, which is an organization, it's a non-for-profit organization, in fact, from the UK, that's managed to organize and galvanize hundreds of RP players so they can get together uh, in a safe and, you know, friendly environment and get people introduced to role-playing games all over the United Kingdom. They've come from strength to strength. And I think they set an example as to what a gaming club should be like. And not just a club, but an association, because they comprise many, many clubs all over the country. I've known Gary for quite some while. And uh, I was really looking forward to chatting with them, both uh, Gary and, and David, because I think what they do is truly inspirational i think is something a formula that could be and should be replicated throughout well everywhere really and um well but anyway they have an awful lot to tell us um and, and I'm, i hope that you can to enjoy this interview as much as i did when i was doing it for all of you uh, by the way if you would like to participate or sponsor this podcast or if you would like to send us your questions or comments please do get in touch we're getting a few and believe you me my friend i am going to keep making the videos and the podcasts about how to publish your role-playing game so uh, please do keep listening because i am going to be there for you uh, otherwise, get in touch. Oh, also, 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 a big, massive shout out to the guys at Loke Battle Mats because they are going to do something incredible. Please keep an eye on my tweet, Twitter account uh, so I can show you very, very soon. But trust me on this one, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and thank you very much for sending me uh, the review maps and the book. Uh, I love you guys very, very much. Anyway, you can email me on podcast at gmsmagazine.com or find me on Twitter. I am at gmsmagazine. If you want to find my co-host, Chris, which is, um, he's not in this uh, podcast episode, but he is around, uh, by all means, do get in touch with him. He is at the Azex Machina. And please, seriously, please leave a review in whatever platform you happen to listen it means a lot and it helps a lot with visibility and now without further ado gary and david uh, gary david um welcome to the show i mean this is exciting indeed uh, because although gary i've known you for a bit and we have uh, spoken in facebook uh, for a while and face to face uh, pre-pandemic dragon meat as well but um we haven't had the chance or opportunity or whatever you want to call it to also do this so i am really excited to have you how are you too yeah i'm very well thank you very well and uh, i'm particularly excited to um you know to be here as well um like i said to you before followed your work and your podcast for a long time so to be on it is 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 deep deep honor as well so uh yeah 
<laughs> if people could see me now, they would see me blushing. And, oh my God, I'm going, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to queen. Oh my God, this is so exciting. So thank you. Thank you very much. And David, what about you? Because you're tired. I mean, you're, you're tired for good reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just, I've just arrived back uh, from a flight from Ireland. I've been catching up with everybody post-pandemic. That's where I'm from. So it's been good to get home and see the family and see friends and things like that. But I'm psyched. I'm psyched to talk about roleplay and roleplaying games and our behavior any moment anyone give me any opportunity i'll start talking <laughs> okay let, in that case let's let's start with you because i, I have already spoken with gary uh, but i have never spoken with you so who the hell are you i mean why are you even here <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good question i ask myself that all the time um so well my name is my name is dave and uh, i'm the community director for the roleplay haven and uh what that what that means is I support building the communities, uh, a role play communities um, in the role play haven, so we can raise money for charity. So uh, I'm a I'm a therapist by background, uh, and uh, in my in my re- in my real time in my Bruce Wayne job, uh, I'm I'm working with uh, neurodiverse kids and uh, adults, and you know try trying to support them to meet their full potential and then in uh, by night with batman batman is the roleplay haven so it's all about uh roleplaying and trying to make trying to bring our our favorite hobby together with raising money for charity that's so that, that's me super cool. I mean, i love the combination and we will talk about that uh, blend um in in a minute but uh, I'm, I'm just thinking that even though gary i know who you are and what you do but i reckon that most of the listeners may not so why why don't we uh, you know put them out of their misery and tell them something about you so so same thing who are you why are you here uh again it's a good question <laughs> so um I guess uh, my day job, I'm in the industry is, you know, so there's no Bruce Wayne on for, for me. I'm fully in the industry. Uh, I currently work for um, Son of Oak, which does City of Mists role playing game. Uh, prior to that, I was the um, operations manager for Modifius. Um, I also do work with uh, Sarah Newton, as you know, mm. um, from Mindjammer Press um, and various others, as well as Nightfall Games. So I'm very much doing a lot of work with various different contracts, different people in the RPG industry. And uh, my hobby and my passion, which I've been doing now for 10 years, is the Roleplay Haven. And I'm the operations director. Uh, and foolishly, I guess I was the one who grabbed Dave into this as well and sucked him into into doing this, what we're doing now. What a friend you are. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> taking him into doing something like the rp haven my god uh, david do you know what you were getting into when when gary said come on come come join me not a clue not a clue <laughs> i was I, I i came i moved to london about seven years ago and i thought you know i i want to get to know people i don't know anyone in this city oh, i'll join a little role play a role play club and then, then, then I had somebody saying to me, "Oh, would you like to volunteer?" I was like, "Oh, well, I could. I suppose I could help out." And then all of a sudden, I've got my name signed up to everything, and I have, I'm going going across the country to talk to people about roleplay. I'm doing. I was like, "Goodness sake, where'd this come from?" That's uh, that's amazing. Okay, um, tell me a little bit about the RP Haven and how that started, because uh, gaming clubs there are a lot all over the place but the rp haven it's kind of different what, what do you do 
Yeah, so the roleplay haven um, has had a couple of has has had a, a very interesting birth, I suppose. Um, I, I wasn't there for it, but Gary Gary was there at the start, where it was um, people role playing in a role playing in a kitchen, and I, I think it came, became so popular that they they decided to make it a th- make it a thing, and then when we when it became a thing where people started show, showing up to do, it, we realized oh we've got a little bit of excess excess money maybe we can do something with this uh and this is that's when um it was we decided we decided oh well, actually that's uh with this excess money we could help people so we just kind of the, the kind of two ideals of the rp haven was was kind of founded on that one we would use the money to um support local charities and two we would use the money to build new art new clubs and build communities um so and then that's when that's when I joined. Um, I joined went just at the start of the, the second club. So it started in Lewisham in London, and then uh, then they set up one in Stratford, and that's that's when I joined. Um, and I was convinced that it was a good idea, and um, we decided right how far how far can we go with this? So over the last seven years, we've went from Lewisham, Stratford, uh, we've m- moved up to Wales and Cardiff. We opened two in Cardiff, another and then another two in London after that. And then Plymouth, and we've got a couple lined up. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but hopefully, um, we're looking at Scotland, Scotland, Scotland next, <laughs> nice. and uh, and then eventually my my hometown of Ireland, of Ireland, hopefully Belfast and Dublin eventually after that. So tell me, I mean, I'm I'm curious about this because, um, firstly, I'm curious about why you didn't monetize this. Because this looks like an endeavor that could have supported one or two salaries, and and do this as a business. Why why didn't you do that? Because uh, ultimately, it's not what we were were about. It was when we were in the first venue. We were in um, we were in Lewisham Hospital. It was in the members club, and we were getting you know uh, we were getting all the nurses and doctors coming in. And there was there was big cutbacks to the various departments, and we were we were creating quite a lot of money at that particular venue. We thought, well, we we could actually use this money to actually you know benefit these people, and that's why we decided look, we want to put the money towards the people. Uh, you know, we got our day jobs. You know. I'm not flush for cash, but I can live comfortably. I don't need to do this for anything else, and I want to keep it as a hobby. And I think it's important that you give something back to the community mm-hmm. as well. I'm a big, big believer in that. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we don't know the future yet. We might have to have a paid employee one day because it is. I mean, there's there's we're close to about nine, eight or nine hundred members. You know, seven branches. It's 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 crazy amount of work. We have a. Uh, 32 volunteers in our organization mm. uh the amount of work that we do go through but i mean at the moment we want to put much money as we can to charities and when they tell you because we get them the charities to come into the branches if we can to say where the money come from and how it's been used and we we got a story once that it, it almost moved me to tears because it's the first time i've actually felt the impact of where this money was going to and it was in Lewisham Hospital and one of the um, um, 
uh, the lady who runs the organisation, uh, the name I've lost, the life Fra- me. Friends of the Lucian <laughs> Hospital. Yeah, it's the name. I was trying to name the lady <laughs> from the <laughs> charity. Um, she said basically that the elderly were being moved around uh, on commodes, which was not very dignifying. Mm. They didn't have enough money for wheelchairs. And the money was used for new wheelchairs. I think we supplied something like seven to eight wheelchairs for them. And, and I think in this day and age, the government can't even afford to push people around, the elderly around, and they're using commodes. And we're just a small little role-playing club. And we've managed to fund a hospital for wheelchairs. And it's not just a small uh, hospital. If anyone knows the politics, Lewisham Hospital was the flagship for Labour. Of course, Labour's not been in for a while. I won't go into politics. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, it's an extremely well-funded uh, state-of-the-art hospital. And it was suffering. And we've managed to do good by pushing that money in. And now we push, we've got Stratford, who pushes thousands of pounds to mine charity. And then you just, and then you get the stories from them, and you're thinking, this is why we do this. This is why we don't get paid because we got our day jobs. We get the money from that, from our day jobs, and then we've got where we can give to the community and help people. And it's very moving. And when you see even the members and the impact it does for them just to have somewhere to role play, again, that's a huge impact. Mm. That, Sorry, I'm... <laughs> no, that, that, that is that is a, that is a, it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful reply, and and it very much illustrates. You know, we we oftentimes talk about the power of role playing games and how uh, bringing people together and how therapeutic can be, but when we have these kind of conversations, more often than not, we we concentrate on the power of role playing games for the self. Whereas you are a very clear exponent of the power of role-playing games for the other, which is something that we don't talk enough about, and, and it's something that should be celebrated, especially when with you know initiatives like like this. Um, I'm assuming that the money comes from some sort of quote that people pay, the, some some fees that people pay to to be part of the club. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so our um, our members um, every, every night pay uh, two pounds fifty. Um, oh my God, the whole two pounds fifty. Whole two, whole two pounds fifty. <laughs> wow. Um, and everything, the first bit of it goes to covering the cost of the venue, and then everything we have spare after that is about either investing and building another community or, or supporting or supporting the lo- local charities. And we really try to focus on local charities. So, like, um. Uh, Lewisham met in Lewisham Hospital. That's how uh, that's how they can quite support them. Strat, uh, Stratford meet right beside the one of the mine headquarters, so that's why they got picked. Um, Cardiff um, are, are, have got local uh, cancer charities and also children's charities that that some of their members even volunteer for. So they pick kind of we pick things that, that nearby. So that means that you when you pay your two pounds fifty, you know it's going across the road. Um, or you're creating another place to role play, and most, 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 we all know. I think we all know the pain of trying to get everybody around the table to to role play, and just for goodness' sake, okay, this person doing that, and after all, cancelled and things. But um, and that's the, that's where the RP Haven was kind of. That's the joy of it. It happens every every Tuesday, say, or every Wednesday in your in your in your local, uh, hopefully your local gaming pub or your local gaming cafe or your board game shop, and. 
um, you show up and you know there's always a game there's always a game running. Uh, and then the flip side of that, you also support a local business. So um, we really try to work with our with our local with our local businesses as well. So it really starts like a little community starts to grow around those, around those places. Um, which we're quite proud of, actually. So. And you should rightly be, indeed. Are you a registered charity, or how legally, how does the RP Haven work? So we're uh, a community interest company, mm -hmm. uh, which means that we um, are registered uh, to act um, charitable, um, but not a full uh, registered registered ch charity. Um, so we have our we have our social so social mission mission statements, and nobody make, and nobody makes a profit off the off the RPHaven. Nobody walks away. As I said, we, no no volu Every every member, every person who runs it is a volunteer. So so yeah. So that's kind of our our charitable our charitable status. I'm I'm curious about um, because I don't know how it works. I have no idea. So um, mm. and I don't know how much people are going to know about this. But what what is the difference between what you do and being a full charity, and, and why don't you take the the step of becoming a full charity? Because you would get a lot of subsidies if you if you were, wouldn't you? It's it's incredibly incredibly hard running it as a full fledged charity. I mm. mean, the CIC is a uh, is a new. Uh, company type that the government set up in 2004 um, and basically uh, sorry 2005 sorry the act was 2004 um, and it basically was it was set up to help other people to become to give to local communities so it was to create it'll be a more relaxed version of a charity mm -hmm. so it's a so it's a social enterprise um, designed to go hey look you want to you want to help the community you can help the community you don't have to jump through all the hurdles to set up a charity front and do that um but we're still classed as a non-profit organization so we, we also still uh carry a lot of the benefits that full charities do but we don't have the full power if you will having said that we are seriously considering because it's such a new scheme in the government and it's not very well known you do get people go, but you're not a full charity. You go, well, we are, we're not. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is the government regulation and stuff. And if the government's not pushed it quite enough as we had hoped and gave enough, so we'll look into maybe change that and we might go to the full charity because we do, we do struggle a lot to get that. And we do want to get more uh, funding through, though we are still eligible for funding like the National Lottery and things. But it's it's very much harder again because it's a new government uh, scheme that's been set up. That, that... But we're still followed by a constitution, articles of association, so we're still we're still heavily regulated, almost like a charity, in effect. It, it's it's interesting because it I I get the feeling that uh, you know the government could have saved an awful lot of, of paperwork and trouble by just saying you know let charities yeah. Just, just become a charity and, and, and that's it. Let's make it easier uh, for you to become a charity instead of having to create a whole new scheme that people don't know anything about, that it may or may not work. It's, um, uh, it's, uh, it's another proof that politicians are a little bit out of touch with reality, I think. But, yeah, I think that's, that, could be, that could be a good point. And I think um, I think with the, with, with the CIC, it was, I think, probably good good for us at the start because we didn't know how far this would go this was this was just mm. a it was just a small thing and but now we know that it has legs and people people want to support i think it's we're looking at 
we're, we're seriously looking at moving that into into full charity now. Okay. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you is, and I'm being a cynical, very cynical here. Okay, <laughs> um, so I need to I need to ask these questions because I have seen these sort of situations in which somebody constitute a, a club or any kind of anything with with memberships, and I, I've lived it where trouble ensues disagreements happen and all of a sudden the whole thing does and explodes how have you avoided this for this long uh i so we have um uh, a secret weapon basically <laughs> because i've been quite aware of it i've been gaming since well for 30 odd years and i've seen clubs come and go and the main thing is, is, is we got something called member reps. So we have a committee. Each branch has volunteers. They have two member reps. They are the voice of the members. Then they have a games coordinator who organizes the games. They'll almost like look after the GMs. So you've got the people look after yet, uh, the members and the GMs. And then you've got the branch manager who's there just to manage them all. And it's the member reps who get, because there's two of them, they represent the members, not themselves, the members of their club. So they bring their voice to the, their meetings because they have to have uh, monthly meetings and they raise their concerns up. So the members are listened to all the time and they've got two votes. It's extremely rare, believe it or not, that any of them votes. I can't remember the last time anyone actually voted in the meeting, but they can vote if they don't like saying so the branch manager goes no i want to do this and this and this and the member reps go actually i don't think this is in the member's interests so they've got two votes against the branch manager who's got one and the branch manager obviously gets a deciding vote so if the games coordinator takes the branch manager and then it's a bit of a stalemate and whatnot but it's it's the members have always had a voice and on top of that we have annual uh, elections which we call our annual branch meetings so we re-elect new people through if the others can restand, but you, you find, I won't say names, so we're not perfect. We've had a few little issues here and there, and some people weren't happy with people running branches. They don't get re-elected, the election system. So it's very democratic. Oh, I didn't like that person. He didn't do a very good job representing us. And because the member reps are feeding that information back and forth to go, right, we're not going to vote Bob in this time. So they vote Joe in next time instead. So it's democratic and the members have a voice. You know, I, I love the sound of that because as well as um, allowing for the people to have a voice, I think it respects an awful lot each club's or community's culture and ethos. Because, you know, they, they can, I suppose that they, they have to behave by the code of conduct that, that you yes. set from headquarters, which I will, I will ask you about in, in a second. But if they want to organize things slightly differently or on a different day or different kind of games, then they can do whatever they please as long as the members are happy with it and that's what they want to see. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly it. And, and because... Because the, the 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 all our volunteers are drawn from our, from our own communities, from from people who've been there and playing. So so we try to we draw out people who are invested in in that lo that the local communities and know that actually actually want to I don't I want to do what's best for our gaming tables because I play here I game here I I I want to I want to keep keep coming, and a lot of our a lot of people who volunteer for us actually they they some of their first experiences of role playing games have been with us so they want to keep that going and. Kind of keep that kind of uh, welcoming um, atmosphere, 
uh, alive. No, the... One of the other good things, sorry, um, one of the good things as well is when they volunteer, uh, and I'll let you into a little secret, and I'm going to get killed by one of my former bosses for saying <laughs> this. So when they volunteer, it gives them a taste of the industry as well. They might be just doing the clubs, but these guys, like the games coordinators, they, they need to know what type of good games are out there. Like, well, D&D is the big one at the moment. If we put a D&D table down, everyone will join it. So they get a good understanding of the industry, what games are popular. So they need to learn a lot of the systems. And it helps them get jobs. And I'll give you a prime example. In my day in Modifius, 70% of the staff were RP Haven members. Heavens. All volunteers. Yeah. Because they, they all got, they all have, um, they all had an understanding of the industry. And so when Chris said to me, hey, do you know anyone? Guys? Actually, I do. <laughs> I knew this guy. I didn't even pay him. And he was brilliant. <laughs> and Chris was like, well, if you didn't even pay him, I'm going to give him money. I'll make him even better. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a little secret there. That's, that's tremendous. I, I love the sound of that. Um, so you started in London, Lucian. How did it expand elsewhere? Well, before, before we go into that, um, let, let's go into the ethos of, of the RP Haven and, and the Constitution and what is the code of conduct? I mean, what what is the bare bones of the ethics of RP Haven, apart from the charitable work that you do? So I guess it can be summed up in one 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 line. I hope it can be summed up in one line, which is we, we, we make a space for fun, safe gaming that welcomes everyone. Um, and that's and that's and that's our that's that's our that's our whole uh, the, the bare bones of our, our mission. Our that's our mission statement. So every every code of conduct is is nailed onto that onto that spine of we create fun safe gaming for everyone, and it has to be fun gaming. It has to be safe gaming, and um, fun gaming means lots of things. And fun, fun gaming means people people feeling relaxed enough to enjoy, feel, feel, feeling that there's you know the pressures are taken off them. As well as safe, meaning, well, at this moment in time, it means safe in lots of different ways. It means safe in in terms of the content that's being the, con- the content that's being being you know played with, and the and with um, social distancing and COVID and things like that. So it means safe in lots of different ways, um, and um, yeah, and so and then and then the, the end of it all, it's about like it's about that gaming. So um, making sure that there's a place to do the hobby. So yeah. That's, that's our bare bones. <laughs> oh, okay. Which I'm I'm going to play hard with you a little bit in here because oh, yeah, w- yeah. Um, because one of the um, one of the conversations that I have an awful lot and Gary knows this very well. I am I'm a massive advocate for inclusivity and, and diversity, uh, and especially anything to do with LGBTQI plus rights um, and, and and you know acceptance. <clears throat> we when we hear the uh, fun and safe for for everyone, it's a bit like, ooh, wait a second. Uh, everyone is a big, big word. And there are some everyone's out there that, yeah, I don't want to play with them. How do you approach that to make sure that, you know, people like me don't feel in the way that I have just described? Yeah, I think it's, I think that's really, really, really important. Uh, and I think that um, how, we, how we do that is by looking at our code of conduct and creating creating the creating the uh standard standard of 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 of, of um entering into the roleplay having or entering into a into into a game so we won't we won't accept 
certain behaviors and it's quite easy to name those behaviors hate speeds lack of tolerance you know things 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 things, mm. things like that and um what i mean our, our our hobby is definitely made up of we have lots of a range range of people <laughs> and what we need what we need to do is support that range of people to be able to game to game together and be able to understand each other i feel like so this is not this this is not the same but um you know, the first when I started first playing playing at the Roleplay Haven, I was meeting people from walks of life. I would never, I would never usually meet. I've never, met, I've never met the high powered banker before, but yet they were sitting across the table, table, table from me. I'm also sitting across the table from someone who um, is a full full time full time carer, and they need, and we need to be able to both of them to feel feel a, the ability to come to the table and play. But obviously, with obviously that has to be for everyone and if they can't meet a certain if we can't meet a certain standard then we have to say sorry that's not that's not for that's not for here okay so th there is th there is an intolerance of intolerance within yes, your behavior yes 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 that's the best way to put it there's an intolerance for intolerance yeah okay i, I like that i like how that sounds a lot what, what kind of uh, safety measures do you have in your meetings so people can either report or somehow make known if anything unpleasant yeah. is going on so it's it starts from when you, you when you book into a game when you're when you when you first decide to come to the rp haven it starts there so um all our games have a description of the game the, pl the, the description of the game the planned content of the game who the gm is and also um a, a, a rating system for, for that game so you know there might be mature con mature content or um, or or whether this is or whether this is game designed for new new players or for under 16s and, and, and things things like that. So it starts at the very for the very first time you enter into the into the RP Haven world, you you you're getting you know what kind of game you're signing up, the description of that game, and the, the kind of age rating of, of that game. So so on, on the content rating of that, really that game, whether it's going to be grim and dark or light and fluffy or what's going to, what it's going to to be like and from the very first time you sign up you're able to contact the gm and ask about be able to you know ask about the game and find things out the other, the other side of that is when you come to that rp haven we have our two member reps which we introduce and so if there's anything goes wrong we say go to go to the member reps and you can you can you can say we also have an, a way of, of coming to us anonymously online um which which is on our, on our website and, and i'm contacted and then um if anything does go wrong, our, mem our member reps are supported by a head a head member rep, so um, some someone um, from central central or head HQ, and um, it's all kept anonymous where where possible to allow for someone to be able to raise issues and not feel that they, they feel feel that they would get targeted back for raise, for raising the issues, and then on the table we encourage all we have a, a for all our GMs we have a, a, a GM uh, guide. Uh, which says what we expect from the GMs, and also we encourage things like the X cards as well on 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 tables uh, as well, and we we have them available at clubs um, if the GM need needs them, so they don't have to worry about bringing them uh, as well. So that that's kind of our full range. So we aim to have things that at the start, while it's happening, and after. So there's a an after an after an aftercare, and then also through our organisation as well through the whole organisation. So, um, the head member head member the head of the member rep sit with Gary and I to make sure that we're doing the right thing, as well. It's also worth pointing out that when a complaint is put to a member rep, that member rep 
is not even allowed to tell their branch manager or a games coordinator what the nature of the complaint is. So when they have their meetings, they say, is there any complaint? And that member rep goes, yes, there is a complaint. And the branch manager might go, so what is it? I can't tell you. Okay. They're dealing with it. They do not tell the any staff member whatsoever. The only person they can possibly tell is that head member rep if they need some advice. And they have a little information pack, guidance on how to deal with everything. And of course, they've got that continuous support as well from, you know, from the uh, head member rep if they need to bring that person in. And then it is filed and then it is reviewed afterwards by the head member rep to make sure there is a process that's been followed. It is very, very thing. And it's this has been in from the very, very, very beginning with us. That's why I said when you said to me, how has everything not exploded? It's because of the member reps. They are quite literally there to support and they are that secret of us. It's not secret anymore, of course, but you know. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing that amazes me in, in a very good way, of course, is how sophisticated the system is because this is not something that even companies have to this level of sophistication how did you come to design this this system and made sure that it worked the members in all honesty i mean i so i might have started the rp haven but by far i am nowhere near part of the process who created this this was created by countless committees and volunteers that come in. I could literally name uh, about 30 or 40 of them. And each year we'd look at this information and go, how do we make this better? And we'd, they'll put their suggestions in in the next one. So we've built this. We've had a very good, strong foundations from core people right from the beginning before we started expanding out over a period of four to five years, all in one single branch, which is our third Lewisham. All of those committees continue to come up these ideas and ideas and ideas. And we've, we've used those and we've gone forward um, on building on that foundation. So it's just, I guess we're just very lucky to have some very good volunteers over the time that's really thought about this process or they've gone to other games clubs. I, I've certainly been to a lot and, I, and I'm sure you have too. And you've gone there and go, why on earth are you doing this? Well, the, the, yeah, I mean, the, the reason I am so uh, so amazed and in awe of, of the fact that you've managed to create an 800 people multi-branch club is, is because the, my experience with clubs here in, in my country has been absolutely disastrous with uh, problems all over the place and people competing to have um, you know a control over things like what kind of games are being played and what can be said when and how much money you can pay to do what uh, so it's it, it seems that you've managed to either set the politics of the organization very clearly so people who join know what to expect and don't deviate from there or take away some of the politics that are nauseous and uh, just keep the good ones, which, which is amazing. We, we, do you know what? We've never, we've not got one single person banned in our organisation either from member. No one's ever been banned. It's just, I, I guess it's, we have that, no politics, we're here to game, guys. That is it. We're going to game. I don't, you know, everybody is going to have fun. That's, that's it, period. Uh, if think... you want to create trouble, goodbye but we've never needed to <laughs> that's the thing we've never needed to say goodbye to you because it's just you know 
you're going to gain, you know, you're, you're going to be that character tonight. That's it. Uh, and I can imagine that people who um, try to behave like that probably didn't last on the left of their own accord. I can imagine that they would feel comfortable. Yeah, I think I think when you have a when you have a community some you like that the community starts to kind of nearly police itself in a way, and that's and and people like that tend to fear fear fear, fear out. Or someone has a word and says we don't we don't do that here, we don't do that here, and then they either feel that they must that that that, 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 that there's some, maybe not a place for them. I think patience helps as well. Well, <laughs> because. When, when you do get some people who spark out, I mean, I, I, I've had a few people who sparked out of me, and I said, okay, let's have a sit down, let's chat about this, let's try and work it out. And they're like, what? Yeah, I'll have a chat with you, let's go over all of this now. And they're usually quite taken back and go, well, I don't mind, this is this is my hobby, I want everyone to have fun. If you're not happy, how do we make you happy? What, what's, what's missing? So it usually throws people off when you tell them that, even when you do get the occasional toxic people, which you do get now and again, you just got to see what you can do to what, what's the issue there. And what, what actually, what have you learned by asking people these questions? I think some, I think a lot of people come to role play for, for, you know, hobby for a little bit of escapism for, for lots of, a chance to on a chance to unwind, and sometimes people, a lot of people, have other things going on behind closed doors that you don't you don't know about, and mm. sometimes just that. Sometimes the role play role play cl club often comes a place where maybe that's their one chance to get out that that week, or this is it. it they they don't they wouldn't necessarily have a group of people around to play play their hobby, and sometimes that becomes quite of that becomes quite a bitter a bitter emotion. And you know, there's a lot of times where I've ended up sitting with 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 with, me with, with members, and this, and a lot of members have also written into us um, to say what what what's kind of those nights have mean. And some of them said, "I don't I don't know where I'd be if I wasn't here tonight. I don't I, I you know I, I don't know what I'd be doing. I don't know what I'd be doing instead." Um, and some of them saying, "You know, you know, I'm I'm like I'm scared. To, we've had to signpost to mental health services and things like that." And, because there's, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not happy to go home. Things, things like that, and um, and I, for me, that's why I get why I get involved because I feel like that when, sometimes when 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 we get when we get those situation situations, role play is good to kind of alleviate stress. But if that stress doesn't go away, then some we need to be able to support. And we're not here to solve those problems. We're here to signpost signpost to those problems. But if if the hobby can really support someone to get to get support that they need, then. I think that's a really big, a big win. I think from asking those questions, what you find out is there's a lot of people who just need a wee bit of support. Which I can imagine coming from the background you come from, that to you must come quite naturally to actually be able to spot and put in place the right measures for, for those people. Uh, how, being a professional in the field, how have you extrapolated that in a way that people who are not necessarily professionals as in mm. all the reps and members were able to replicate the the same level of awareness yeah so i think i think the i think the, the biggest key and the the key the key the keyest thing that most 
uh, most therapy, and uh, to give the secret away of the profession as such, is that is just listening, mm-hmm. and and that's what we encourage. Ju- just listening, and and if you and if if you feel out of depth in that conversation, say let me let me find some somebody that um can can help you, and that might that might be um sitting down with someone and looking at what's the local like what's the local um what's the local mental health facilities. Sometimes I was looking at GPs. GP, I know some, I know one of our branch managers sat down to support someone um, writing their CV as well. Uh, I, I know I've done lots of references as well. So it's not always, yeah. as, uh, it's just listening is the key. And we encourage everyone to, 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 to listen to each other. And I guess that's, um, I mean, that's a core part of the hobby, I suppose. <laughs> you have to listen to each other to be able to role play. So I think a lot of our, 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 our volunteers, and like big, get a chance big thanks to all our volunteers they're absolutely absolutely amazing and they get in they generally get into this because they want to help people as well so um yeah so we just sit sit and listen and then if if it goes and it, it can quite quickly go out, out of um out of the comfort zone and then that's where you just signpost and say have you spoken to these people about it um and would you consider it? And handing out leaflets. I know we we bring big mine banners lots of places. Every every convention we go, we bring mine banners and leaflets uh, to hand out. Um, we we've spoken about the um, safety measures for people, you know, um, with with in terms of uh, racial or homophobic that sort of stuff. But what about people with neurodiversities or people with uh, disabilities? What what does the RP Haven do to make those people's uh, presence easier for them to be able to be there to to enable them? Um, I've actually so... got a very oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to give you an example because um, in Lursham we uh, we actually have a blind lady uh, coming along, and she actually looked at a, um, a couple of branches. Um, if this is not a hope, I'm answering your question here, uh, but she was. She was unsure. She really wants to do role play. Uh, she was worried about access, location. So we sort of hooked her up with Lewisham uh, venue because it had disabled access. Uh, and it is something that we do look at when we look at venues to make sure that there is accessibility. There is good transport links for you know for someone who might be disabled. We we can't accommodate all of them because we're we're renting out venues, but if they don't, then we'll go to the venue and go, can you make sure there's proper facilities in place? Uh, and we do have a bit of clout with them as well, because we're paying quite a lot of money for these guys, uh, venues as well. Um, so yes, we have um, uh, we had this lady come into Lewisham, uh, and I think, I felt like we did a bit too, too much, gave her too much support. And we actually spoke to her myself and said, are we doing too much? Because I don't know. I'm asking you what I need to give you that's next. Uh, and she was like, no, I'm fine. Go away. Leave me alone. I'm fine now. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying myself. I'm in my element. I'm loving this. And she, she liked it. And she was like, oh, okay. I, was like, I, I don't know because it was the first time I experienced it. But it was a great feeling. And now and this is exactly why I have, you know, well, we have people like Dave here we, uh, to help us do to for us to reach out to more because i want role-playing accessible for everyone i mean like i said i i I work in it and i live it it's my hobby i want everyone to have that uh access to role-playing because it's a it's a powerful tool and 
that it's that escape for that night as well from all the hustle bustle of the day so if we the more people we can the better and we do have um some special needs people in the organization uh, who come along and we do try to give um extra special help sometimes we um I won't say names but some of them we speak to their parents as well just say what well, what can we do to uh, equip it you know make sure that they're they can come along and enjoy themselves in safety um a venue branch not just a branch we'll even look up on the police report is the safety of this area good is this mm. going to be a safe area we're finishing at 11 o'clock at night can they get back home okay so every element of the club is usually taken into account um including the disability that they might have i, I love the sound of, of that because for once at last is not able-bodied people making decisions and putting measures for people with disabilities without consulting them you know I, that, that last somebody who says you know what can we do for you what else do you need and i think that is something that a lot more people should be really uh, taking taking a look at because i don't think it happens often enough that's that's very, that's very very true and we've got a lot of neurodiverse um people come to come to our club and it gary's quite right the question that we ask is christmas is, just let it what what would you like us to do if there's something that we can do we, we we'll, we'll, we'll we'll do it sometimes you know it's as simple as making sure there's no background music some as simple, as simple as that sometimes it's print, printing things out in different colored paper okay well let's let's do it and we also support any conversations with the gms as well because as uh if it sometimes it's hard to have those conversations sometimes it's not the most natural thing to be like hi i've come to a games club i need you i need this so we have we often will if, if they want we'll be a lot sit, sit alongside and have that conversation to the gm and say we need to adapt things just slightly to you know to support to support people at the table so yeah li lis asking and listening I, everything comes back to listening i feel mm. like <laughs> it makes sense okay Let, let's go into the uh, more pragmatical way of running the the thing um the, the whole club how do you organize uh the games i mean how are they decide who decide them what what's what's the magic there so um so our games are are, are coordinated with our, our games coordinators. So they work with our with with our GMs and to see what games they what stories they have in their minds. How are we going to get 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 them to run? And we try to have a nice range of games at every every, every club. Um. So we'll have some you know, D and D. We'll have fantasy Pathfinder. We'll also have sci fi. Try to have a little bit of horror or Cthulhu type things in there. Um. And also, we get you know make sure there's fun and light games, light 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 games as well. And we try to have a mixture of uh, of, of experienced GMs and also new GMs as well. You know, people who want to try it to try out as well. So the, then the magic happens is um, they, those games go up on the on, on 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 our website, and you can read it, and every player can read and read and book book in, and you can see what what. Uh, uh, GM is GMing. So sometimes we have GMs who have have little followings that people people like them like when they GM. So they book it, they book in in, in for them. Right now. Um, and sometimes people go, oh, I want to know more about that more about that story. So we'll read a little read about it, uh, and then that's that's how, that's kind of the magic there. Like people get to know what they what they do. And then when we're when we're not in COVID times, coming out of COVID times, we also have a, a, a what we call GM. 
pitching night where our GMs stand up and go, right, I'm thinking of running this. What do you think? So, and that's usually quite a pop. That's quite a popular night. It gets very pant. It gets very pantomime. Very pantomime. Yeah, know. it's almost like drama on on stage. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's there's it, one of. I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying. There's another guy. It's a guy called Rob, um, and he uh, belongs to the Pathfinder Society, and he's so traumatic. The way he pitches it on, it's like he's on stage and he's moving around, and you know, it's wow. <laughs> And it's great because this this really brings it out, and you get really excited. And I got to say, I was against this because at the beginning, and this is we say we we don't have all the power here. It's just people like uh, I said, you want to do pitching night? I don't want to stand up there. No one's going to like this, and I was wrong. And everybody likes it. And I go, oh, okay, well, I'm wrong, but I'm glad to be wrong. So it it was it was a really nice thing though to see uh, the pitch nights and how they all they all move forward and. You don't have to as well, because I might be a confident person, but I, I don't like it. So I try and get somebody else to do my pitch for me. Probably get Rob to do it for me, because he does all the <laughs> dramaticness for me. <laughs> that, that's, that sounds absolutely brilliant. Uh, do you also do any kind of external uh, events, like uh, attending conventions and doing games at conventions, or to, to promote the RP Haven, or do you just organically grow through word of mouth and website we um we we attend dragon meet we've been going to dragon meet uh oh, for eight years with rp haven we've we actually very incorporated in with dragon meet we've uh actually cr get a lot of the volunteers in for dragon meets because our biggest community sector is in london um so we 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 tend to say look if you we'll email our members if you want some extra volunteers and we'll help you guys with some gms as well so we're a very very common site in dragon meet um expo we attend uk games expo as well um i, I think people look at us as we're crazy you know, your role play club and you've got a stand how does that work mm. and it's like well we do sign up so people sign up on here and then they attend and we did um, a big, uh, so we launched a charity franchise, um, which is called The Roll Together. So our campaign for the club is called The Roll Together. So we've, we launched that at UK Games Expo so other people can start their own club. We basically give them money to run their own club, which seems a little bit weird. And people think, well, hang on, how's that one work? But we, there's a lot of vetting processes in place. And we need to see, see they've got members, and that's effectively our two Welsh branches, our franchise groups and Plymouth as well, uh, and Scotland coming up because we can't be everywhere managing all of the mm -hmm. clubs. So we want them to manage it. They've got the constitution and articles. So going to conventions is really, really big thing for us now because we want to get our name out there much as possible. You know, we want to go across UK, Ireland, maybe even Spain. It's pretty big in Spain role playing. <laughs> so, you know, it's we'd like to go out much as we possibly can because the more we we grow, the more money we can raise for charity. And importantly, why we're also called Haven is we're creating a haven, a safe haven mm -hmm. for players to play in where they feel safe to do so. So conventions is a big thing for us. And when someone looks at it and go, Why are you here? And go, because we are trying to expand marketing. It's very, very big and important for us. 
and we get a lot of sign-ups. We take names down of if you're in, I don't know, Scotland. Oh, I can. Okay, we've got 10 people in Scotland we've just done sign-ups for. Actually, we're going to start a branch there. So that's why the convention is good, so we can meet people from all over the country. I'm, I'm surprised about one thing, speaking the way that, that you're doing about it is how come you don't have a sponsor already? Because it, it feels like it's the kind of thing that a, a slightly larger Are you company. Offering? Um, no, no, I'm not because I'm not. I'm not a company, but I reckon, I'm, I'm surprised that this is not the sort of thing that even somebody like uh, Paizo or Modifius, even or Wizards of the Coast, might have said. You know, we'll we'll sponsor you with X, we so are you sponsored. can. Ah, okay, fine. So, so that happens. We are we are sponsored, Dave. <laughs> this is you want you sorted this one out Dave, so you should have the credit so, oh i get a credit good I'll, i'm glad this is recorded so i'm getting the credit for this no, <laughs> uh, no so we, we we have a we have we have a, a good number of sponsors but um uh, we're sponsored by dungeons and dragons okay. uh they uh very kindly have offered us uh provide us with a gaming library when we set up when we set up new club new clubs to make sure that people have the resources resources to play so yeah we're very proud to work with them on on that um we also work with uh, Modifius and we've worked with um we've worked with other uh, uh, uh companies as com companies as well uh and we also work with a lot of local shops so some lo lo local shops in wales and local shops in london um to about them and they, they they we have a different different sponsors agreements and things like that um where our our membership cards so every year you can become a member of the rpm and can get you disc discounts in your local gaming shop um so uh there's a whole there's a whole range of them and if i need i'll need to pull up a list of you read out all their sponsors before i get myself in trouble but yeah um yeah so, so we we don't really call them uh, we have a sort of different way of putting sponsorships we're effectively saying that if the company gives us something, we give back. Mm. The more discount you give our members, the more we give back to you. That's that's generally how it works, and our members know this as well. So, you know, if someone wants to give us books, physical books, like like uh, Dungeons and Dragons do, we go, well, we're going to say your name everywhere. We're going to splat it out there. You're supporting us. If you're going to give us a small little, I don't know, five percent discount, which is still really good, then we'll put leaflets out and we'll put leaflets out but uh and promote the business uh your business as well but we're here to help and promote much as we can so it's the more you give the more we give back so that's kind of how it works i mean i would love ideally for a big sponsor to come along and go hey i'm going to give you a few million pounds a year <laughs> you to be a... i mean that would be great because we could do so much more Maybe we'll get some staff in. No, <laughs> you said no. <laughs> but that's just the sort of thing that you know. I wonder if um, being a full charity will allow you to be able to, to you know, to, uh, to apply yeah. for grants in the you know the red nose and uh, uh, the the teddy bear one. I can't remember now what it is. Um, children in need. Role playing is not recognised. It's it's role playing. It's just not recognised at at all, to be honest. And this is the problem. Is is and what we're fighting on. Uh, on the outside as well, we're we're trying to we we want to get funded. We are, we actually entitled to get funded by things like the national lottery mm. and things like that. But it's really hard to get general funding. You have to be tick certain criteria boxes, and then when they go, so you're a games club and you're doing role playing games. Mm, okay, 
you want us to give you money. But they don't see this, what the impact is. And again, this is something that me and Dave have worked on very, very hard at the moment is this building up actual factual research that we'd like to present to them going, actually, role playing is actually having another effect on people, people not realizing. It is helping people who have got mental health conditions and dealing with various different you know, issues at the moment. It's even helping people get jobs. Mm. Um, and I, I know people who I've helped get a job through using role-playing games. Um, I, I won't say names, but it happened in the early days. I had one individual, he, he hadn't worked for eight years, and he was in IT, and he just couldn't get himself a job. And I said, well, let's try and go through it. And we helped him do his CV, and he didn't have any confidence, basically. And we just pushed confidence into him constantly, trying to go to him, look, you can do this. You can really do this and push for it. He's earning fifty thousand pounds a year now. Good for him. The guy makes me sick how much money he makes. Honestly, fifty thousand pounds, and that was like a couple of years ago. He's probably on much more now, but yeah, he's doing really well for himself. Good for him. That's, um, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's so really it's. Good. I think I think like we're moving forward. Um, we we we're we're looking at funding and looking at how do we. At some point, at some point, um, our. All our our volunteer hours that we give in needs to be become a full time job, and and it's coming very very close to at the moment. So we're looking at how we say, look, yeah, we'd love a million pounds, uh, please please and thank you from you know who, from whoever. But more more seriously, what we would love is so someone to sponsor a a worker, sponsor a person that could um facilitate more clubs more clubs to more clubs to grow and um we we need to show that sure when we're looking at national lottery funding or or we're looking at some there's art that arts uh, societies funding and things like that we need to be able to say look by this is what you get this is what comes back from that money this is what 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 what, what it means um and a part of that is as you as you said at the start part of that is kind of looking inward and introspective kind of well how does it help that the person who shows up what does for that person but also what does for our local community local businesses uh and and and, and um just local options it, you know because the thing is we go around you go around the country you'll find a football team in every little town mm. you'll, you'll be able to play, play play football what happens to people who don't want to play football i mm. I, I don't want to play football i i want i want to be able to meet people and have a i have a hobby i shouldn't shouldn't rely on my ability to to kick play a ball because of it because if it did, I wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> it, it, it does feel like this restriction on, and I'm going to put myself in this one, and geeks like myself, uh, I might be a confident, outgoing person, I'm coming across that way, but I'm very quite shy. I, I'm, I'm not into football. There doesn't seem to be anything I can do in my local area at the moment, apart from kick a ball around. And just like, and I, I was speaking to the, someone, I've just moved to this area, I was speaking to the neighbours, the kids don't know what to do. There's, there's a couple of kids and they go, oh, I don't like football. And they go, you're a geek like me then. Do you want to come around <laughs> my house and play some board games together? So I'm inviting them around to play some board games and they're, they're loving it. But they go, but this is the thing, there's just, there's not enough to do. And the government's just sort of going, yeah, we'll give you some money if you do a football club. <laughs> but there are other things we can do, not just football clubs and yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Okay, um, to, to, to start wrapping this up, I have two last questions. Um, the first one is for people who've heard this and would be interested in either uh, joining the RP Haven or opening a branch of the RP Haven, what would be the best thing to do and how would they go about it? So the best way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was just loading up that part of the brim. The the best thing the best thing to do is just to, to reach out uh, on on our on um there's contact information on our website www.rphaven.co.uk um and um to get in contact and we have a little brochure about what it means to run a club and our website is full of information about what it means to come come and join join the, join the club. What I would say is we love talking we love talking to people. Well, at least I love talking to people. So if you're not too sure and you're thinking mm, maybe not, just send 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 us an email and we will and some and someone will def one hundred percent get back and have the lovely just a lovely conversation about role play at, at the at the least. And maybe we can persuade you into uh, our wares uh, and we can gift your role playing club hopefully. <laughs> okay. Um, and the last question. <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little bit out. <coughs> no, sorry, my my dog is being a pain. He's been playing around with a couple of new toys that have already died. Uh, and, and he's been very, very noisy. That's 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 why I'm a bit pulling faces at the moment because it's just throwing things around. <laughs> it's quite annoying. Now the other thing is, if somebody wants to sponsor you again, what what do they have to do, and what are the minimum conditions for 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 reaching some sort of sponsorship, if that's the right word? If we're talking regarding the sponsorship for uh, the ones that we do, where they give something and we give back sponsors, um, the we do again have on the website how they can how they can become a sponsor uh, and what the conditions are they effectively have a chart and they go if you offer five percent we give you this if you offer ten percent we give you this and there's a, a simple chart on the website and they can drop us an email and we can email that chart across as well um, and again we we would try and help them much as possible and promote them we even actually even help normal clubs as well um so it's not always about necessarily giving things we will help a local club at the same time um if we're talking about major sponsorship which i'm never gonna say no to we'll have to cross that bridge if someone's offering money and work that out because that would be new territory for us in all honesty and also the other thing is that um we're also like to hear hear from people if, if people have to want to want to volunteer time um you know Gary, Gary and I are have our have our jobs and our volunteers have our jobs. We rely on people's people's talent and their generosity with their with their time. So if the, if if anyone is listening and thinks, oh, I I have something to give, um, then please please also feel free to get in touch as well. And it could be anywhere in the world as well. At the end of the day, we are very equipped for remote working. And if someone says, and when we have volunteers, obviously we don't deal with money; we deal with hours. So we say to them, how many hours can you commit per month? Um, we're, we're looking at, like I said, the Roleplay Haven is one project. We have other projects that we want to do in the future as well. Um, so we are looking for volunteers to help. How else can we reach and help people outside? So if someone wants to volunteer the time, just say, look, I'm just happy to do some emailing or admin or maybe you've got some legal background. Everything's a use for us. and everything we can use to help the community 
Which it's a nice segue to the last question that I wanted to ask, which is um, what's in the future for the RP Haven? What would you like to see or happen? Uh, world domination, uh, oh. RP Haven flags being waved from every 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 state building. Oh, um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, we don't we don't want world domination or anything like that. Actually, what we what we want uh, is for our roll together um, project. Basically, that there's a role play club in every, every, every town in 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 the UK. That's what we would love. And it doesn't it, it really doesn't have to be even ours. If we can help a club, if we can help another club, um, by by sharing the things that we've learned. That's brilliant. As long as there's a chance for people to uh, get involved with the hobby, and then on top of that, then we've got some projects that we are are kind of gearing up to. We're trying we're trying to look at how can we continue using roleplay as a way of helping people and if there's a way to do that um, in different ways in the roleplay industry. So we're trying to explore all the avenues that we have to use roleplay as, as, the, as the medium to help people. So that's, what, that's what's next. We're, we're also looking into, at the moment, working with schools as well. Mm. So we've, we've got that, that's another project, working with schools and working with children. Uh, but it's very early stage at the moment. We're just doing research. Um, a couple of volunteers are teachers as well. Um, so they're already teaching at the school. So obviously there's a lot of permissions that have to be gets. And we're looking at that option and go, so how can we work with these young kids at the moment and developing their skills and working with the uh, in the educational sector? And of course, the, the other project that um, Dave uh, we're looking into primarily himself is this how we can actually use role-playing games to help people primarily with things like mental health or people who have been bullied in some point in their life. Can role-playing games can be used as a, a tool of that. Um, and we're actually in talks with uh, a couple of major publishers, which I can't say names yet, but a couple of major publishers we're working with um, some lead writers and publishers um, to see if we can produce something on that scale. That'd be absolutely so, amazing. Very vague, I know, but um, no, but it sounds exciting. Very, yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be a big game changer because we really want with that project we want to get many people in the industry as possible. And I think you'd agree. One thing really good about this industry, and this is why I love working in it so much. And in fact, I don't just love it; I adore working in the industry. Is when there's something that we all need to do, we all come together, mm. all of us. There's a cause we all come together, and I'm hoping once we get, you know, we get the movement, we all come together on this cause coming up because it's happened before. We did the, we needed funding, and I was blown away with a man, including yourself. You helped us as well. Well, we asked funding to help us because of COVID time. Every loads of people came together and, mm -hmm. and helped and supported us. And it, it just shows you how amazing this industry is and all the people who follow it and buy the games. They're all supporters as well. So I'm hoping once we come up with this, that everyone will come together again and go, yes, let's do this together. Because it's quite exciting what we've got lined up for the future. To me, it's more, even more exciting than the role together of the clubs. Fine, Gary, stop it. Fine. I'll have you back in the podcast to talk about it. Don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> That would be amazing. Uh, guys, thank you uh, very, thank you. very much indeed for being with me today because it's it's been really enlightening. It's been very inspirational. And I really hope that 
this actually um, spreads all over the world because it's it's the sort of thing um, that I can see a lot of communities uh, being able to say, okay, and I'm talking about communities like in places like the US, even Canada, and um, even in places like Abuja. The other day I was chatting with um, uh, with a lady, with Bassi, about how she's made a game cafe for kids to uh, use games to help them learn for children who have different needs when it's about learning. And, and she is doing an absolutely incredible amount of work. And the, these kind of setups, I reckon that an awful lot of people could look at and think, you know, I might be able to do this in my town. You know, I may not have a place where we can meet, but I have this pub or I have this bar or I have this mm. school place that we could use. What, what about? And um, it, it would be great to see this formula, you know, all over the place. I think that'd be great. Our biggest obstacle is, 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 is venues, usually. We, we struggle to get the venues. Uh, it's the hardest, it's the hardest part of the job. Um, because sometimes you lose them. It's like COVID, we, we, we mm. lost so many venues and we had to refine new venues. And we were very, very lucky that we found some. Um, but that's always been a struggle. Um, even when sometimes you, you get a chain of pubs emailing us and say, but I heard about how well you're doing helping this pub out. I've got a chain and it's great, but you're right in the middle of the countryside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get much success. So we do get them, but it, it's so hard still to find that, that those great venues and the great locations. But to be honest, I think if they've got, if there's venues there, like you said, they've got some small thing we can insert this formula. This formula can be used anywhere. The role play haven is not the directors, me and Dave, or the volunteers. It's actually a group of clubs that came together, about 10, 15 clubs that all merged together. So other clubs can come in at any time and we can use this formula and we can help grow better. And we've got the tools, the facilities to help them to progress, even if they're having some bad times. We've got the equipment to to help resolve problems there. Well, uh, let's hope that happens. And um, by the time that you come with that big announcement and big thing that's that's going to happen, you can tell me. Yeah, Paco, we are three thousand members now, which is amazing. Next year, oh, okay. I shouldn't say that, should I, Dave? <laughs> okay, good. Let's let's aim for the years uh, for next year. Uh, Gary, Dave, thank you. Seriously, thank you thank so you very so much. much. Thank you for having us. It's been a great time. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed for being there. It is truly wonderful to have you around and please do send the comments about the RP Haven and um, do you think that you would be able to join or help them in any way? Because if you could sponsor them, that would be incredible and very, very much indeed appreciated. The music in this podcast has been produced and composed by Kev Adsen. And this podcast is produced by Paco Garcia and Martin Reed with the help of Chris Diaz and the amazing bunch of listeners all over the world. Please do remember to get in touch. My email is at podcast.gmsmagazine.com. Twitter at GMS Magazine. If you want to get in touch with Chris, he is Diaz X Machina. 
back. But until the next time, thank you once again for being there. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic festive season and game on.